Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Bonnie. Some COVID stuff, which is kind of a refreshing change of pace from talking about the war in Ukraine and the... Which sounds so weird because for like two whole years, I was tired of talking about COVID at all. Yeah, it's still definitely not my favorite subject, but the... The taboo around discussing COVID in an open and honest way has sort of lifted. And I really appreciate this at my at my nine to five. It's not really a nine to five job because I work a swing shift, but it's my normal job, normal in quotation marks, because nothing that I really do is normal. But it it is relatively speaking my normal job. And I have to deal with some level of the, the COVID nonsense that came with all of that, right? Um Everyone is supposed to be vaccinated. Uh, my boss knows I'm not vaccinated, but this is because, and, and no one challenges me. No one has demanded to see anyone's vaccination paperwork or anything like that at, at, at any point in this. But even if they did, they would not ask to see mine because I'm friends with the, the general manager of the place, right? Like I'm her assistant manager, but we're like, we're going to Vegas together in like three days to celebrate a bachelorette's party with a with a mutual friend of ours. So it's not it's not your normal boss employee relationship. So I'm not worried about getting fired for not being vaccinated or being in trouble for not being vaccinated. Besides which, no one has ever asked me point blank if I'm vaccinated ever at any point in this, and that that's been kind of nice. And I suspect that's got a lot to do with my influence and. It, Sort of a don't ask, don't tell thing. I mean, it seems like any restaurant wouldn't want to have to fire people at all that do good work. I mean, nobody wants to work right now, so. That's also a really good point. I mean, and you don't fire, like, not, you don't fire your golden goose. Mm. And not that I'm the golden goose or anything like that, but, you know, you you do have tiers of workers. If you've got to fire the 16-year-old kid who calls out once a week, that's one thing. But if you have to fire the... The person who's there, you know, 50 hours a week for every single shift and willing to work overtime and do all the things that need to be done, then you've got to have a really good reason for that. And not getting vaccinated has never been that reason. I did have to wear a mask when all of that nonsense was going. And that was a difficult thing for me to do because for how long? I think it lasted about nine months. Hmm. It was all because of the Keen City mandate. Um and that was frustrating because there wasn't one in the state of New Hampshire, so I didn't have to wear one then. But it sucked, and I hated it because if you've ever worked in a kitchen, you know they're hot. And I think the only jobs that are really worse, just in terms of raw heat, there's obviously jobs that are worse, like working in sewage or whatever. But in terms of just raw heat, I think the only thing that's worse is loading tractor trailers or loading 18-wheelers at docks and stuff like that because... There's no ventilation, there's no air conditioning, there's nothing, and you're out there working in the hot sun and 100-degree weather. I can imagine people died wearing masks during that nonsense. Probably. But anyway, so all of that has sort of passed, and it's it's lifted, and now we can talk about the reality that, you know, people just, they're not dying of COVID-19. We've got David on the line from Georgia. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, good evening, everybody. Um, Hello. What's on your mind tonight? Ian last night. 
Ian last night and you guys were talking about um, the decentralized exchange BISC, and I think he said something to the effect that he didn't understand how it worked and he was, might have been afraid of it. Uh, that's and, uh, that's BISC, B-I-S-K, and I don't want to put words in his mouth because I don't remember exactly what he said last night, but he certainly wasn't afraid of it, but he suggested, if, I re- if I'm recalling correctly, that it was ripe for abuse by scammers because there was no... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Where you set money aside, there was no escrow system to prove that a seller had the Bitcoin that they were trying to sell. Yep, and it's it's B I S Q BISC. Right. Uh, Q is in Queen. Right. Um, but I did actually do some reading, and I figured out how it worked, and it does have an escrow system. Okay, well that's good. I mean, none so, of us use um, the exchange. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've heard of it. I didn't listen to the show last night. Yeah, Ian and I are yeah. both, you know, prohibited from using any of these exchanges. So I mean, we're, we can't even touch cryptocurrency, much less, you know, exchange it for dollars or exchange it for other cryptocurrencies. Can't even use the stuff. So it's a meaningless conversation to us. Well, That's, is is there a way for you to let the listeners know, like, how to know that uh, there is escrow? Maybe if that concerned people and it's not true. If you look at the uh, if you look at the BISC uh, Wikipedia uh, the wiki page, they talk about it. And um, if you'd like, I can give you a very quick rundown of how it works. Uh, yeah, if it's not overly technical, I don't, I don't necessarily object to it, but I don't see much value in it either. Like you said, people can just go to their wiki and read about how it works. It's not obvious from a glance, evidently, uh, based on Ian's using it years ago, that there was an escrow system. Of course, maybe it's changed. Yeah, that maybe was, they implemented it since, I don't know. Yeah, and that was absolutely years ago. I mean, Ian and I were arrested coming up. It, it's just two weeks shy, a little over two weeks shy of two years ago. So we're two years out of date on the cryptocurrency technology. And that sucks. Like Terra, we discussed Terra last night, which was a, a U.S. dollar tether. It rose and fall, it was conceived, it built up this wondrous empire, and it died all during my bell conditions, wow. right? All I could do was watch from the sidelines and not, not participate and just watch as this thing went up and then crashed and burned. And it's, there have been so many technologies because the t- cryptocurrency world, like all technology, is very fast moving, rapidly evolving. And in the two years that you know I've been out of it, I can only imagine how much the technology has changed. My big concern is that when I am allowed to get back into cryptocurrency, you might be thinking my concern would be that I wouldn't understand it anymore, that I'd be too far behind and have to be, I would be out of date. No, my actual concern is that cryptocurrency itself, the, the using of it, the methodologies of it, hasn't changed at all in two years. I suspect that it's still using exactly the same clunky, unuser-friendly interfaces where... You have to pull up a QR code and scan it and swipe over to send and enter pins and passwords and all this other stuff. And not not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but it's not as easy as swiping a debit card. And that's what cryptocurrency has to be going for is more ease of use, more user friendliness. And I don't think it's doing anything to do that. I could be wrong. I'm two years out of date, but I suspect that the actual use of cryptocurrency has not changed. I'm just afraid that they're going to go after the credit cards that it's not, you know, full, full, you know, pure like Chris Wade would want, but things like Uphold and uh, Crypto.com's credit card. I'm, or they're not credit cards; they're more like debit cards. I'm afraid that the government's going to start going after those because that's basically the best thing I can think of as far as what you're talking about. 
We have Alu on the line from here in New Hampshire. Alu from LibertyBlock.org, I believe it is. Is that right, Alu? I'm sorry? LibertyBlock.com. LibertyBlock.com. Thanks There's so much. No What's on your... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no the. Just, okay. just LibertyBlock.com. Yeah, thanks. So um, I, I heard the show, I think, last night about Senate Bill 246 that would restrict the mug shots, and I was invited to call in. Now, I updated the article admitting that I was wrong, which does happen once every century, and mm-hmm. I did not really think or didn't strongly consider the, the free speech First Amendment implications of the bill. Um, and then I, I watched a hearing recently of the bill, and, and a lobbyist, I believe, from the New Hampshire Press Association or something did hit them pretty hard, and he did really well to, to uh, challenge the bill's constitutionality based on free speech and media, obviously – Ian Freeman and me, to a bit lesser extent, is big in media, so he sees that issue, whereas I'm also big in due process, and I see the issue of due process. Pretty much for the background, this is a state bill that would um, restrict mugshots from being released because it, it could harm people who are not yet convicted, which I wrote about in my book, Presumed Guilty, um, right. which Bonnie's very familiar with now. Yes, now, I um, actually read that my, part my one, last, yeah. Yeah. So my, my, my big issue is, is that last night, Aria said that um, people... You know, everyone you know has been arrested, so it's not a big deal because it's so common. Aria, for those of us who are not super activists, who do civil disobedience, we don't get arrested much, and some people, <laughs> for better or for worse, still consider it a really negative thing. Um, and, you know, it's hard to get jobs and dates and everything if you have a mugshot anywhere. So, And what, like, what sucks is, like, it's not just being arrested. Like, there's a guy in all his book presumed guilty that he had his mugshot plastered all over the town by cops yep. um, saying he is a wanted thief alleged thief yeah and uh like after he got proven not to be a thief the supreme court heard his thing and they said no it doesn't matter the cops can do that like that's crazy he was not even he was presumed guilty and it actually harmed his reputation in town and like made him lose a job excellent points and all i to do you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, I want to concede yeah. that real quick because you're absolutely right. As I said at the beginning of this show, my life is kind of weird. So I, I don't tend to surround myself with people who haven't been arrested. Just that, that the type of person I gravitate toward is going to be sort of a rebel. Maybe they're not a libertarian, but they're mm-hmm. still the type of person who's probably been arrested at some point for contempt of court or failure to appear or failure to pay or whatever. So, yeah, it's important for me to keep that in mind, and I certainly did not keep that in mind last night. Like, it wouldn't be a big deal for me to have my mugshot in the paper, and none of my friends would care about their mugshots being in the paper. They they, they would probably put it on their wall, right? Well, when it happened to Joa, he didn't really care much, but then his mom called him and was like, you're embarrassing me. Like, it even affects, you know, your family sometimes. I mean, to me, it's but so that's silly. Joa, but... like, literally gets arrested for a living. And, right. you know, <laughs> makes and... living doing that stuff, which is fine. But, again, someone like me, who I'm a voluntarist, but I can't afford to be arrested because I might lose my job and never get another EMS job again. Um, but, again, another big issue is just that a lot of people don't read Presumed Guilty. They haven't read it yet, and they don't understand that charged and convicted are different things. They really don't. They think if you've been arrested, like when I was a baby, I thought if you've been arrested, it means you're a criminal. I didn't really understand the nuance, if you want to call it that, of due process. Yeah, um, one of the most frustrating way, things after the, you know, right on the Crypto 6 was everyone asked me, well, what did you do? Well, what do you mean, what did I do? Mm-hmm. I woke up and got arrested. That's what I did. But they were they always asked that question. Oh, the FBI arrested you? What did you do? I didn't do anything. We have this thing called due process and trials and stuff. Ask me after the trial, or in my case, after the guilty plea, what I did. But until then, 
presume me innocent the way that you're supposed to. One of my coworkers recently, his his father got COVID-19. His father's kind of elderly, like 60, 70 years old, right? Like fa- fairly old. This is the age at which you, you are at risk of dying from COVID-19, they say, right? And so much of this kid's behavior over the last two years was directed at, quote, keeping the family safe, right? Because they, you know, he had to take it seriously because his, his parents were at risk and his little sister was at risk or whatever, right? However, that hasn't been the case anymore. His dad got COVID-19 and as a result, this kid began wearing a mask everywhere, like to work where no one had COVID-19. And I, I pointed out to someone like, this seems backwards to me, right? Like he's wearing a mask in a place where no one has COVID. Yeah, it's always seemed backwards to and me. And he's not transmitting COVID to anyone because he, he's paranoid. He's testing himself every day. We know he doesn't have COVID. And then it hit me. This kid is sitting there in his bedroom all night, every night, wearing a face mask. And I almost just cried. Not Did you, really. Wait, do you know or are you just are guessing? He he absolutely is. He has to be. <laughs> right? That that's I have absolutely no doubt in my mind. Look, I know this person. Hmm. I have absolutely no doubt that right now I I don't know where this person is right now. <laughs> but, but let's say last night this person wasn't home and this person was 100% wearing a mask. While sitting in their bedroom playing a video game. That's terrible. I'm confident of that. Isn't it? Isn't it that? And that's just the insane. And I pointed out. Did their to, dad get over COVID? Uh, he, I, he still got it. Hmm. But yes, he's not going to die. He's going to be just fine. Yeah. As you know, almost everyone is. And I remarked to a mutual coworker that I was like, is, isn't this, doesn't this seem crazy to you that he's doing all of this for a, for a disease that isn't killing anyone? And that everyone in his household is vaccinated against doesn't mm-hmm. do, are, are we at a point where where we can talk about how completely freaking crazy all of this has been and how completely freaking crazy all of these pro vaccine people have been did, about what this? does the coworker say he, he was just like yeah it's pretty crazy mm-hmm. but uh, does he even grasp how crazy it really is too these, used to it or something these people derailed an entire economy for like two years, they locked people in their homes. They fired people. They cut ties with friends and families. They did, let people die alone. They they ended family gatherings. They've stayed in their house with dance parties that were held digitally, and all in the name of this disease that they were could get vaccinated against, and that even getting vaccinated against didn't seem to do a damn thing to keep them from dying of COVID nineteen or even catching. COVID-19. It seemed to do absolutely nothing. It, have we reached a point where we can talk about how completely crazy what I just said is? And we're considered the weird ones for being like, guys, this is stupid. What you just did is stupid. And it's like at the beginning, we were believing or saying this stuff anyway, but people at least could have said, well, we just don't know yet because of how long it's been. Now it's been yeah. long enough and that's why just no one talks about it at all. It's like, I don't see tweets about you know, wear your mask as much. There there are some people, but it's like, so it's rare. It's not like the common mainstream thing. Everybody's like, be safe, wash your hands, be safe. You know, it, it was a great big nothing burger. And instead of admitting that and saying, oh, guys, it turns out we overreacted and, you know, we were wrong. They just sort of let it fade into history. They just let it, sort of let it fade away. But those presidents are all still there. 
all of those people who were pro-lockdown, pro-mask wearing, pro-telling you how you have to present yourself to the world. And that, to me, as a trans person, is absolutely disgusting. I've spent most of my life having to wear a mask of one kind or another. And then COVID-19 happens, and the same people who are supposed to be my allies are demanding that I put on a mask to make themselves feel better. We have Ricky on the line from the state of Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. That would be the Commonwealth, Pennsylvania. (laughs) If you say so. What's on your mind tonight? Well, one night I'm going to talk to you personally because I think you'd be the one to talk about, and I'll explain where there's a difference, and it's very important. But what it comes down to, it's on my mind, I think, couldn't be more on topic, and I thought about it before I called in. Uh, crazy Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, U.S. Congressman from Georgia, the news today. Now, here's how I see this. Now, she, she is crazy. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with who she is, right? No. No, and I don't. Okay, I don't care who these politicians well, are. I know she's at least a little crazy because she was the one that proposed the ban on drag shows in general in Texas. She's Texan, right? Yes. What'd you say her name was? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, I've heard this right, name before. Yeah, she, super transphobic. Yeah, she, yeah. Okay, you know who she is. Now here's what it comes down but to. Today. I don't know who she is. I know a thing about. I know a thing that I've heard about her. I don't know a lot about her, but she's crazy from what I've seen. But I think what good enough. What Ricky's going to bring up, I'm afraid it might be something that we actually agree with Marjorie on. But go ahead, Ricky. Oh, boy, do we ever. But you know what? We agree, but we disagree. And that's where Marjorie Taylor Greene's a problem. Is this on secession? Well, you could say that, but here's why I, I'm very big on secession. I have been for well, I just, 40 years. I only asked because I saw an article today, and I don't remember who it was about, but some politician had a history of supporting the idea of secession. Was the gist of it? She like just came out about it. It it was her. Well, she like just came out about it. Yeah, she did. Here's what it comes down to. I'll fill you in. Well, I just want to know is is that the person we're talking about? The one who came out? Okay. She came out today, but she doesn't have a history with it now. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. No, yeah, what it comes down to is here's her concept, and I think this is right on topic. She's come to the conclusion, and it's scary because she's a very powerful person now in the House of Representatives. Unfortunately. She's one of the most powerful people in there at this point, and it's horrifying. Her idea is this. She says that what we need to do, and I take this as at the federal level she's looking at, is what she wants to do is separate, quote, the blue states from, quote, quote the red states. And the reason why is... I mean, that sounds like a great idea. If anything, the yeah, American yeah, experiment has... But here's the problem. I'm going to get to that. Well, can we, before uh, we get into the problem, can we talk about why it's a great idea? Or do you just want to have a monologue here and interrupt us every time we try to respond to something you what say? She's doing is not a, oh, what she's doing is not a great idea. I'm totally against it. No, what I she said is stuff. a great idea. Separating the red states and the blue states and letting them each go their own separate ways. You take your half of the country, we'll take our half of the country, and we won't try to meet in the middle. We won't try to compromise because the, the system yeah, that we've had in place— that's not what she's saying. Well, that's her what delete. you characterized her position as, saying that we needed to separate the red states and the blue states. Well, here's the problem. The reason why she's doing this. Is that what she's is, trying to do or not? Yes, but here's the reason why. Because she wants to stop wokeness. Now, what is wokeness? I will tell you. 
uh, and I have a big problem. Can you tell me what wokeness is? Because I have a, a, I have several pieces about wokeness tonight that I, we're going to get into. I'm not convinced anyone out there can explain what the hell wokeness is supposed to be. I'm not convinced that it's a good enough reason to be against her idea of secession. Because I have been saying for a long time that it's cringe to uh, act like the federal government is just going to separate us based on red and blue states. Because it's just like, I don't want to be separated based on red and blue. There's, uh, you know, lots of in-betweens, for one thing. Sorry. And if oh, the federal government tries to get, oh, we're, we're, we're down with secession. We're just going to split us up into two. I, I can see that going the wrong way. So that's kind of what I thought you were going to say, something like that. Because I well, didn't read her whole post. But if it's just well, about escaping wokeism, maybe out. she should be allowed to escape wokeism. So Mark. What's on your mind tonight? Where you been, man? Where, uh, I thought you were dead for a while there. You like I was on. traveling around. I I took a family trip and we were on a cruise to Antarctica. Oh my so, you know, it's hard to get messages and things down there. Yeah, I I could see that. Yeah. So basically, what about you a carrier guys got penguin? Worried. What's that about a penguin? How about a carrier penguin? A carrier penguin. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Having uh-huh. them uh, carry messages right. for yeah. you. Got Very it. good. They can waddle them for you because they can't fly. No, but well, they can swim. They are swim, fast swimmers. Uh, I, I saw some what they call porpoising through the water. It's amazing. Wow. So you have seen porpoising penguins. That, that, porpoising <laughs> penguins, yes. That and sounds like the name porpoises. to a Primus song. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so anyway... Um, We've been talking about wokeness, well, wokeness here, and I've, you know, we didn't, I didn't expect Ricky from Pennsylvania to bring up the issue, but I had some show prep about it that I really wanted to get into. Mark, and it seems like you'd, you, you would be fun to have on with this particular subject. Right, I'm about as unwoke as they get. Um, uh, I don't think I'm, that's I'm Free true. Talk Live's token conservative. Ah. <laughs> uh, Maybe to an extent. I, I don't know if I would really agree with that statement. I but call Mark a conservative all the time. He's definitely more conservative than, as to my knowledge, anyone else on Free Talk Live, except perhaps Conan, who these days isn't on Free Talk Live. So may, maybe Mark is. So anyway, getting right into it then. Republicans use wokeism to attack the left, but struggle to define it. And this is why I wanted Ricky to define it, because... I don't think he could have. Well, he certainly didn't. He kept telling us what groups Republicans consider to be woke, but that doesn't tell us what woke even means. Governor Ron DeSantis, a likely 2024 presidential candidate, used his January inaugural address to warn of the woke mob and its woke ideology. Maybe it's one of those things where it's, it's like pornography to the Supreme Court. It's like we struggle to define it, but we know it when we see see it. it. (laughs) Well, I think that if I'm so, you know, It's been put out there, so I'm going to give it a shot at um, defining it. Wokeism is the attempt, the overcompensation of attempting to make all groups equal, and the result is is that certain groups are unequal. Uh, The groups that are um, considered the most um, downtrodden end up being the top groups for benefits. I think... I would probably agree with that definition of it. It's sort of an inversion of power where the weaker you are perceived to be or the more oppressed you are perceived to be in actuality because of how we've inverted everything, the more powerful you are politically. I think that that's more of a result of wokeism than really a definition. My definition would be becoming 
awakened to the way that things really are. But in my mind, most of them don't really see things as they really are. But what they think things really are is that there's like this structure of power called white people, not, you know, the government or the court systems. No, they're not woke to that. They're woke to white people um, on average do better at X, Y, and Z. So therefore, white people are holding us down and they think that they're awakened to that information and they need to spread this to people and then it causes things like what you guys were defining so representative jim banks chairman of the house armed services subcommittee on military personnel boy he must feel important with a title like that recently released a statement blaming the military's recruitment challenges on quote the left's culture wars and a quote woke agenda it has nothing to do with the price of used cars and the fact that they can't afford a camaro right now I actually, there are economic. Hold on. What does the military have to do with Camaros? That's, what? That's what eighteen-year-olds do. Almost every eighteen-year-old I knew who left high school and joined the military used that five thousand dollars signing bonus to buy a sports car or like a Dodge, okay. whatever they're called. Yeah. I hate those Dodge cars; they're so ugly. And I just thought that was the oh, a the weird Challenger, thing. baby. Yeah, yeah, that, those. I just thought that was a weird thing that, you know, people in Mississippi did, but that now it's it's considered a meme, right? That That's what people do. They join the military and they buy a Camaro. So, I well, mean, I was... haven't heard that, um, and it seems like an unwise choice. Yes, Especially if you're going away for many weeks um, to some kind of basic training and could be shipped off to the you know farthest reaches of the globe, why in the world would you buy a car that's going to sit at mom's house well, why the for... hell would well, you usually, sign up to go across the globe and possibly die? I'd say usually they don't buy the car until after AIT and they're in a, a base, whether it's in like Korea or America, for at least their three years. And then these are usually the people that sign like a five or less year contract. These are the people that buy Dodge Challengers <laughs> with their uh, military yeah. money. The Army recruiters, the military recruiters, are significantly worse as salespeople than anyone else I've ever interacted with in my entire life. They will lie to you about anything. This dude sat at the table and said, no, there are no reserve units in Afghanistan or Iraq. And it's on the news playing behind us. <laughs> it was talking about how more reserve units were being sent to Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever. Right. It wasn't that literal where like literally, dude, I'm watching it say this while you're denying it. It wasn't quite that drastic, but it was common knowledge that there were, in fact, reservists there. And he was like, no, 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 you wouldn't be called to serve. No, that's so unlikely. There aren't any reservists over there. So that's what they do. But back to the subject of you had something. Yeah, else, Mark? I, would, I would agree that uh, one needs to be very, very, very careful with this. And the consequences are quite low for any duplicity. Yeah, my dad one time said, would you ever consider joining the army when you get older to go to, to pay for college or, or not the army necessarily, but the military? And I was like, no, never. And he was like, well, never say never. And guess what? Never. Like, I never changed my mind about that. I nice. never took the ASVAB. It wasn't required in my school. I never was remotely inter interested in that. But I hated exercise until like this year or See, last year. I didn't think about it because I didn't really understand what the ASVAB was. A friend of mine... Uh, one of the smart, smartest kids at our school intentionally did poorly on the ASFAB so that they wouldn't bother him. And I, I was, and I mean, that's brilliant, right? But Well, the Marines are going to come bother him now. Ha ha ha, just kidding. We always tried to do really good on standardized tests, and I always did really good on standardized tests. So to me, this was just another one of these stupid tests, and I want to score in the top 1% like I always do, so I'm going to do the best I can. And 
they, they gave us a, a sheet of scratch paper for the math problems, and it was all so simple that I never even touched the scratch paper, the uh, sheet of paper that to do the calculations on because it was all just basic, basic arithmetic. <laughs> and that that was me. I didn't see any problem with that. And then, you know, three weeks later, here they come knocking on the door and calling me and bothering me at school and stuff, and it becomes an issue. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I got a zero on that. I, I didn't even fill it out. And if I did, I put down an answer I knew was wrong. I was like, dude, that was in hindsight, that was brilliant. Props to that. I would suggest everyone out there in high school being required to take the ASVAB, do poorly on it. it and just think, if you would have signed up when you did your transition, they would have made you a general. Would they have? Why would they uh, have? There's, there's apparently one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or something like that is uh, oh, transitioned. I didn't, I didn't know that. Me either. Well, I mean, they probably would have kicked me out of the military prior to that because I... Trump? Oh yeah, Trump prohibited trans people from serving. Oh wait, no, not from serving. It was from going on like the front lines of battle. I don't know why. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, it, I don't. Well, he should have prevented them from serving. Would have been better for them. He should. Yeah, everyone should be prevented. I get so much, you know, <laughs> criticism from people on the left when I say this, but yes, absolutely. Donald Trump was the most pro LGBT president to ever run for office, to ever be president, because. He kept trans people out of military service. Like he literally kept trans people from getting shot at in the Middle East. And to me, that's commendable, dude. You know how they say that, uh, you know, your decisions are hardwired into your genetics. Um, It's like this whole Ukraine thing has been hardwired into the NATO system over the last 20 years. Um, I'm not uh, supporting it in any way, shape or form. Um, I'm just saying that. Man, it's just sort of inevitable. Inevitable yeah. because of their choices, NATO people's choices, not and both. You know, for like any reason. both. You know, like you know, like the NATO has made the choices that you'd be like, "Yep, that's what NATO's going to do," and Russia then made the choices that, like, "Yep, that's Russia. Russia's going to do," and like it just kept going back and forth. Um, you know, the two to tango argument. I just don't see any reason. It's like, oh, NATO needed to take over Ukraine. They don't care about protecting Ukrainians. They had a shell government there, blowing up. Ukrainians that lived in the uh, east or whatever of Russia or of Ukraine. No, and it's not quite fair. I mean, to be to, to to be the devil's advocate here, if Russia had done nothing and not responded and just ignored NATO, then I do believe it would have been inevitable that NATO would have absorbed Ukraine and would have invaded Russia. And I hmm. say this because the United States slash NATO they have a very long history of expansionism and conquering. Like, Russia doesn't have that very long history of expansionism and conquering. The USSR certainly did, but the USSR doesn't exist anymore. I'd be curious what would happen if, what would have happened had Russia applied for membership in NATO. (laughs) Um, If Russia, which NATO was created to stand against the Soviet Union, which Russia is basically a synonym. Um, But if that was the case and they were welcomed in, basically adhering to all the rules, not invading member states, things like that, and being part of the international community, then that would just kind of leave China out in the cold and they would be less able to do what it is, whatever they felt like doing. You also end up with a one world government effectively in that scenario. And that, that's I don't not know that one, world, that one world military means one world government. I think it... I... I think it would in this context. It it may not directly mean it, but I think it would ultimately lead to it and relatively quickly just because there would be no one left on the board who could oppose NATO. 
And I think that's the role that Russia and China serve more than anything else is just being a check on the power of NATO and the United States. Because why are we even calling it NATO? NATO is irrelevant. The United States is the only one of these countries that makes a difference. The rest of them could stop. They could defund their militaries completely tomorrow. And it would impact the power of NATO by possibly 2%. I mean, when it comes to NATO, we're talking about the United States. And well, the U.S. has never attacked a NATO state, and that, no, um, they have you know, not. That, it makes good advice. It means you know it's good advice to be part of NATO. Then, right? Like everybody should be part of NATO. They've also never attacked a nuclear power, mm. so that seems like a just as valid as an option, right? And that's certainly the path that North Korea and China. I'm not going to advocate for that one. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to advocate for joining NATO either. I'm just. But they have been in proxy wars with Russia and China. Yes, but not directly because they. Because of their nuclear powers, and they don't want a war with a nuclear power, which at least is a good thing. But back to the subject of wokeism, because that's the matter of hand. Last week, a reporter from the conservative-leaning Newsmax asked White House Press Secretary, whoever, is President Biden woke? Now, this is an actual reporter asking the press secretary of the White House if the president is woke. Jean-Pierre demurred, but the blunt query underscored a phenomenon coursing through conservative politics. Republicans have alighted on a strategy of decrying the dangers of wokeism and all things woke. So they wouldn't answer? Uh, She, I I guess not. It says she demurred. I'm not 100% sure what the exact meaning of demurred is, but I'm assuming it It, means that she didn't answer. Basically, she refused to answer in as nice a way as possible. Right. Hmm. We've had Chuck on the line from Washington with us. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Yes, thank you for taking my call. I've been enjoying the show here. Uh, I just wanted to uh, really understand what the whole idea of wokeness is. Uh, I'm really struggling with this uh, because I want to believe more. It has a bigger meaning than just a a boogeyman that the right wing of American, the body of politics, politic has created to uh uh for theater purposes i, w- I want to believe it's more than that but uh I'm, you make an interesting you know. question and i'm not convinced that regardless of which side of the aisle you're on left or right i'm not right. necessarily convinced that wokeness is anything other than theater is it anything other yeah. than than insane virtue signaling from the left or insane virtually virtue signaling on the right because the right's version the the right is just as woke they're woke yeah. to the concept of woke right well the, I, well here's the thing you, you got to look at uh, i guess you got to really take a look at who's who's made more money off the whole idea of wokeism is it somebody that's in uh, uh some liberal that uh has the access to the to the uh to the levers of your local government, you know, when as far as the parks department or or the bus system or whatever it is, the police department, is it that uh, who's making money off the whole idea of wokeism, or is it the uh, people that want to sell stuff like T-shirts and things uh, I think on the it's right wing? Probably the right. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say okay. Yeah, I think it's probably the right, which might be what you were getting at, because, like, <laughs> they come up with lots of shows and content oh, based yeah. just on, oh, the Little Mermaid princess was black. This mermaid can't possibly be black, even though it can't 
possibly I exist. It. I love it. It, it. It's just like these people are capitalists. They're they're making money off of just stuff that doesn't exist. And well, I just think it does exist. Give them the trophy. Huh? Um, no, I, I think it does exist. I mean, there's I know, uh, many... I know you believe it, I, but I don't believe. OK, it's well, right. let me give you some examples and maybe you can uh, see my point of view or maybe I'm wrong. One of those two is possible, right? Actually, I don't think you might be wrong. It's just you'll never be able to convince a, a rattlesnake it's a draft. You know what I mean? So I don't know what that means. However, Mark, what are your examples? Well, I think that there are people um, – so wokeism in, uh, from the left point of view is basically um, what they used to call uh, – the name is uh, slipping my mind – but um, this idea of taking people who are culturally disadvantaged for whatever reason, um, affirmative action, and promoting them for the sake of who they were, you know, right. for the color of their skin – for the gender that they were born, for the gender that they wish to be, um, for, you know, whatever the reason uh, that this is. These, these are terrible reasons to pick somebody for a job. Now, Ari, I saw you have a big smile, and it's worth <laughs> pointing out that you're a trans woman, right? Yes. And okay, so, I support so what you. You're saying is, uh, uh, what you're basically saying here, sir, is wokeism is saying uh, uh, affirmative action. That's a, a, it's a different, it's a new way to sell books and T-shirts that the right has invented they want to say affirmative action but you know let's uh let's let's call it wokeism is that what well, you're, I think that you're pretty much saying that right i think that it's affirmative action for a new millennium um it includes a much larger sect of people and i do agree that the right does benefit off of it but let's talk about all those people that have jobs that would not otherwise have them that are maybe less qualified than somebody who would have had that job in sure, the absence of making these these making these retarded t-shirts that are talking about wokeism it's obvious that your bosses are not transphobic they right. hired multiple trans people. But if they fired this moron that doesn't do their job, and I don't know them. Um, no, that's <laughs> an accurate characterization. I, I, mean, I have no idea. Luckily, of, the uh, problem solved is. itself. You're welcome, everyone there, by do. the way. Yep. <laughs> Just made it uncomfortable until they left or something? It's complicated. Okay. <laughs> but sort of. And I'm, I'm the only person who can do that. When it comes to trans issues, right? If there's a, I'm like the guard dog for trans people. If you're an obnoxious sure. trans person, you you don't get to pull that crap around me because I'm the only person probably in that vicinity who can call you out on that garbage. I'm the one who can say, hey, look, um, yeah, you can't just tell customers on the phone to not misgender you like that. Like you literally can't do that. Whoa. And if you do it again, you're going home. Right. But it's Other, on the phone. How can you get mad at somebody if right. they just can't tell? I mean, Because you have nothing better to do. That's exactly <laughs> it. These right. people getting upset about whether or not someone calls you he or her or whatever is something you can only do if you have absolutely no real problems to deal with. Just like this stupid Harry Potter video game, you, you only have the energy and the time to get upset about what video game people are playing in their spare time if you have no real problems that you need to deal with. If you have a real problem, then you're going to be like, man, screw that video game. That's inconsequential, except whether or not you want to play it. If you have the spare time, because I bought it and I played it and it was all right. I mean, it, was, it wasn't great. But the, the, I've had trans people unfriend me. For playing it? For playing it. And because I made a point of playing it like and telling people, look, don't let other people tell you what you can and can't enjoy. We're not talking about Angry Goy 2 here, which is a game designed by Nazis 
to to espouse the ideas of white supremacy and to praise the ideas of white supremacy. That's Hogwarts Legacy isn't all about killing trans people or anything like that. One person remarked, yeah, I've been playing for 10 hours and I haven't gotten to kill a trans character yet, right? They're treating it. <laughs> yeah, it was a great joke. I loved it. That's how they're treating this video game. Like, you're literally killing trans people if you play this video all game. just because of the author? Yeah. The lady? Wow. And, and, well, because she created the world and she gets some amount of royalties from selling the game or whatever and... Sure. Look, I'm with you. I don't want to support this lady any more than you know I, I have to. There's a reason that despite building my physical library, I have not repurchased any of the Harry Potter books, even from a used bookstore. And it's because I don't want to give her any money. There's a reason I haven't watched any of the Harry Potter movies on HBO. If I wanted to watch them, not these days, not for the last two years, I would have torrented them. Not, again, for the last two years, I don't support torrenting any longer. However, in those days, I would have. And it's because I don't want to give more money to her than I feel, you know, I have to. However, in the case of this video game, you're not going to get away with pirating it, especially this early. It's going to be six months to a year before they even have a, quote, crack released of it. But even then, right, okay, you're giving this lady a few pennies, right? Those, those five cents that she's going to get from the royalties of selling this one copy of the video game are not going to result in the death of this transfer. And this, the conversation gets so insane. There was not long after Hogwarts were, was released, Hogwarts Legacy, the video game, was released, some trans person in the United Kingdom was stabbed. And that's tragic. That's horrible, right? We all condemn that. But... That didn't, the media immediately took that, and anytime you talked about Hogwarts, the video game, people were like, okay, but what about this, this trans person who was just stabbed in the United Kingdom? This is the kind of hate that's happening as a result of this game. And like, there's absolutely no evidence that this person was stabbed because she was trans. That's she, crazy. Was, she was a trans certainly person. Certainly not because of the video game. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. But she was a trans person who was stabbed. That doesn't mean. She was stabbed because she was trans, right? Like, if I drive home tonight and I wreck my car, I didn't wreck my car because I'm trans. <laughs> I had a wreck and because I happened to be trans or because of COVID or whatever, <laughs> right? You can't, and there was never, maybe there's evidence now, but there certainly wasn't any evidence then to support this idea. But the conversation became so insane that you couldn't talk about this choice to play a video game without talk, without someone else mentioning Someone else who had been stabbed in well, the don't real forget, world. You can't even question whether or not the person was stabbed without being uh, for, for the reasons that uh, are proffered without being transphobic. I'm not convinced that the vaccine could ever have possibly been better than natural immunity when natural immunity is the result of the vaccine itself. And you don't. Have I, I remember those good old days when the when the government weaponized the common cold. Um, when that first started, I did say this on the air, is that it appears as though this is far more dangerous for old, older people than it is for younger people. The disease itself the is COVID-19? What's that? You mean COVID-19 is more dangerous for older people? Right. I prefer not right. to just go ahead and say the uh, the noun, uh, the proper noun, because uh, of you know algorithms and things like that. But Oh, well, we're, way, it, we're way past that point, Matt. I've already indeed. said that natural immunity is valuable. I mean, you're right. Um, agreed. I just won't. You know, I'm just training myself as sure. a broadcaster. Okay. Um, so what I did say was 
we should keep older people in, you know, older people should be, should get the option to stay indoors. And we have that it's called retirement, right? Um, you know, if you've got somebody who's 70 years old or whatever, living, uh, working at your business, maybe that's now's the time to let them take some sick time, maybe give them an extra sick time, but then, um, we can each adopt an older person in our neighborhood and bring them, you know, their groceries and things like this, and that this would be a solution. Then we all get COVID. Now I'm speaking as a person who uh, at the age of 50 or 49, I'm not sure which it was, got COVID and had the long COVID symptoms. So it hit me hard and hit me a heck of a lot harder than most people in my demographic. Um, I'm beginning to ponder the possibility that what I'm dealing with here in regard to my perpetual fatigue is a long COVID symptom. Oh, maybe. Because I'm, it, I'm it, at a loss to explain it. Otherwise, other than, I mean, everyone gets older and all of that kind of stuff, and I'm getting older too. The fact that I quit smoking, you know, inhaling stimulants basically every waking moment of the day could certainly also have an impact. But there's something else going on. I'm convinced of that. And my doctor hasn't found anything... The likeliest explanation, as far as I can tell, is some long-term fatigue resulting from COVID-19. Well, long COVID's real, and I've been dealing with it for since uh, March of 2021 when the uh, federal government uh, gave me COVID um, through one of their informants. And, you know, it just... I, I. I, I think that we could have handled it entirely different, uh, differently. I think that people could have gotten it and the world would have been largely okay. We didn't need to crash the world economy. I mean, we didn't have to force old people to stay. Oh, well, you did say if they chose to stay home. But I, I think that if if they were just given the choice, a lot of them would have still gone out. I mean, sure, lots of them would have stayed home, especially in like places like California. My grandma in California was like, ah, it's the end of the world. But my grandma in Alabama was like, I do not want to not see my grandkids. You better not just quarantine yourself for me. I'd rather die of COVID than not see my grandkids. She literally said that stuff. So I think if we would have just not locked down, people could naturally do this. Like if you're scared, you would just stay home. Yeah, it could have easily happened. But no. Government needed yeah, I don't power. think we needed any needed any legislation, any states of emergency or anything like that. And if we did anything, it could have been um, focused in entirely different ways. But this was just basically China locked down. I guess we're all locking down. We have David on the line from New Mexico. David, what do you want? <laughs> Stop following their illegal orders. What? Stop following their illegal orders. What their, their orders to close down are unlawful, and so are. Uh, yeah. When you're when you're talking about your de- debate between you and Bonnie, which you ultimately ended up agreeing regarding um, um, uh, social workers in schools examining your children, and then diagnosing your children, and then prescribing your children. Um, we have a. You, you guys don't like the founding in the United States, but the founding in the United States did something that actually makes what those social workers are doing illegal. It's called the Fourth Amendment, and it prohibits unreasonable search and seizure. No, I'm I'm not like Ian in that regard. I do like the founding of America. It just sucks that it seems to have been proven to not, you know, to have failed. Yeah, and no one said anything about... Wait, 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 wait. Bonnie, Bonnie. It, 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 the the founding documents and the founding of the country didn't fail. The citizens uh, subsequent to the founding of the country failed those documents. And Uh-oh. it can be reversed 
it can be reversed, <laughs> but you actually have to do something to, to reverse it. Um, David, how do you uh, fail a document? Be- yeah, I just, I don't know that it can be reversed, and that's how it failed. It failed because once people, I mean, I... Well, People, he's making the argument that we somehow let down the, the Bill of Rights. How, how did we let down this thing that doesn't have feelings or thoughts or well, intentions? Be, be, because, well, the, the documents don't write themselves. They were written by people um, uh, that are just like us. They're, they were real people. Well, except they're dead they, now. Yeah, yeah, but they gave you something. They, they gave you a legitimacy, an authority to continue being free. They gave me but an overbearing... Told- overarching federal government that ultimately arrested me. No, they didn't. They they literally did, though. This is literally the result of the documents they made, David. Literally the result. If, if, like you were warned, you had jealously guarded your freedom. I was dead um, before. I mean, I wasn't born when this stuff happened, David. That's the reason I have to say it failed is because, like, there's nothing I can do now because people, doesn't matter if your premise may be right that, like, the citizens of the United States could have done more to uh, keep the government in check and they didn't and now we've gotten here but it doesn't really matter in practice because what I've been born into is an absolute ridiculous I don't even know what to call it uh, parasites gangs despots and thieves and tyrants and lunatics the empire and there's no changing it now that's why it failed Hello? Yep. I knew he was either going to be attempting to say you're wrong or hello. I, I was debating on which one it was going to be. It turned out to be hello. You're back. You won. We, there, was, there was a pool of cash uh, uh, there for you, and, and you won that pool of cash, Aria. Congratulations. Now thank try you. to collect. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so, so in regards to uh, – I had a response to Bonnie. Um, there, there is – something that you can still do about it anybody at any point along the, the timeline where they recognize that they've they've been duped that uh the people calling themselves the government which are totally illegitimate unlawful fraudulent and need to be removed under the law um uh, at any point that that uh, citizens recognize that they have the right the authority the legitimacy based on the founding documents to tell those people that they are now out of office and you don't have to use an election to do it. It's but in right practice, New Hampshire that's has not going to happen. New Hampshire has done this. In fact, there, there was a thing that was delivered to the, I think, the attorney general of the state of New Hampshire by the, uh, oh, what did they call themselves? I don't remember what they called themselves. But you're also Shining subject, fists of liberty. That, that wasn't it either. This was way more recent than that. But um, there's also someone you're you're essentially saying civil disobedience. Uh, there, there's someone no, upstairs, no, David, no. who participated in civil not, disobedience, I'm who decided that. that what the federal government was doing was tyrannical and was unlawful and that, you know, the whole thing was invalid. And what they did was they came down on him and now they're threatening him with like 420 years in prison. Sarah, what's on your mind tonight? Have you heard about paint? Paint it forward? You know, instead of like the pay it forward, it's the paint it forward. So we have this new um, homeless shelter, you know, the Gateway Center? No, so I do not know the Gateway pay- Center. Why, why would I know the Gateway Center, Sarah? I've well, never been to Albuquerque. It's, we're going to have, a, well, instead of that old jail turned into a homeless shelter, we're going to have a new center. It's called the Gateway Center. So 
all of these painting companies are going to donate their painting abilities and paint it forward to paint the uh, center. So it's like a charity donation, but in labor. So, you know, but it was a, yeah, it is a great idea. And it's all being done without government. How does that make you feel, Sarah? (laughs) Well, the government is involved because, because the government has to give authority. They have to permit them to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, they're good it's because they like could have said no. <laughs> That's the most insane I mean, thing I've ever heard. It's like, we're going to paint the center just because they want to for free. Now, this is uh, working with the, the city government. And it, it turns out it's a national, Paint It Forward is a national movement. Okay. Why does the city government own this center? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's run by the it's run by the the city. I know why. The why? Because it's all. I have no idea. Because uh, I guess that it's um, the church run shelters. It's not enough to take care of all the homeless people. You know what I mean? No, I don't so, know what you mean. I, I suspect that the church homeless shelters would be more than enough, but they're probably restricted from doing so. Just like the one here in Keene is restricted from doing so. Well, the thing is that we have more people with the economic instability and the inflation and the rent going crazy. Uh, uh, so many, like thousands of, I, I don't know, we, we got about five, 6,000 people that are getting tossed out on the street. And we're trying to get rent control so that we've always had a lot That'll of help. homeless problems. <laughs> well, Sarah certainly thinks it was. Sarah, congrats on the new thing that you have going on there, the Paint It Forward thing. That's great. I'm... I always love hearing about a charity that's doing something good, and it sounds like Paint It Forward is some organization that's doing something good, and that's great. I'm not fully comfortable with the idea of the federal government doing organ transplants anyway. I mean, that's what China does, right? Well, I think that they would get to go to a hospital to get the transplant done, but then there's like lots of aftercare when you get a kidney taken out, and that aftercare would be in the... In the jail system. Yeah, I certainly didn't mean to suggest. I thought they were taking you into a back cell with a with yeah. a saw. Like, all right, let's get that kidney. I mean, I, it's crazy enough that women have had their babies in freaking jail cells. Happens all the time. Yeah, I actually got a story about that that I've been wanting to get into for a, a week or two now. It's about a woman in Florida who is pregnant, and she is in prison for murder. Whoa. And therefore, her baby, her unborn child is being held without trial and without being charged. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah that it's is. a really interesting story. So yeah. the child can go somewhere, but where, you know? Um, so you for know. these pro-choice Republicans who argue that the fetus, you know, is, is a fetus, is a person yeah, for right. the moment is conceived, right? right? Like, okay, so they're unlawfully holding this And you person. can't just say that the baby, it, it doesn't matter because the baby's inside of the uh, walls of the uterus or whatever, because... You're really affected in in utero. That's one thing that's been I don't know really interesting me about the idea of abortion recently. Is I've le- I've learned how much babies can be affected while they're in utero or whatever it's called. Like their personalities start forming in there. Their uh like amount of fear that the mother has can impact yeah. whether or not they have asthma and stuff like that. Everything about the mother's environment starts affecting the baby while they're in. I don't want to keep saying in utero because I don't know if that's the right term. But it makes sense. Yeah, that's in a uterus. And <laughs> it, it doesn't matter whether any of that is true or not, as far as I can tell. The the conservatives, the Christians, the Republicans, however you wish to characterize them, they literally argue 
that the fetus is its own separate person. That's key to their entire abortion argument is that it's not part of the mother's body, that it is separate. It's its own person. So whether the fetus is being affected or not, it is by definition a person being held against their will without their permission, without being tried and without even being charged. Yep. And there's it's be- interesting. That's no doubt. I'd like to talk about the convict and six months thing. Um, so if you're talking about taking somebody's kidney for five months um, off of their prison sentence, because in a federal um, even in a federal system, uh, f- f- six months is five months. Um, so, I mean, five months is the recovery time hmm. for this kidney. I can't imagine a circumstance where I would take five months <laughs> off of a prison sentence in exchange for my kidney. I don't know for um, sure that it was six months. Just to be clear, it, this was a oh, couple okay. weeks ago. And me and Ian were just saying, if it was six months that they'd give you off, the judges might just start, like, for example, then the judges might start giving six right. month extra. I, I don't know how long they might be able to get off. But yeah, there are people who will probably make that decision because they're just silly. Well, um, when I, I spent some time in prison, for those who do not know, and one of the reasons, one of the ways I got some time off was by getting my high school diploma. Now, I already had a high school diploma, but the prison really wanted you to take this GED. So I took the GED. I got the highest score in the history of the prison, and um, I got it was either 30 or 90 days off. Um, you know, not Wait. exactly the biggest amount of time in the world, but we I did it. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.